Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Green Pole Podcast. I'm Dan Crawford, the editor of Hamien. I'm joined by my regular sparring partner, Oscar Bloom, who's somewhere in Serbia that I can't pronounce. Hi, Oscar. <laughs> you do the honours for me? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm great. And uh, I'm in Užica. It's, uh, it's technically a city. It's got about 80,000 people in near Bosnia. Right. And, and OK. And uh, how has your little break been so far have you managed to get your Fulham fix even though you're so far away have you been able uh, to follow any of the uh you know see see the clips of some of these matches I'm assuming you didn't stay up till what would it have been for you about half past two this morning to watch the uh the game <laughs> against uh Aston Villa because that would have been hardcore I mean I was I, I stayed up until one o'clock but then I saw the match was delayed and then no one said how long for so mm. I kind of just thought I can't stay. Up. I can't stay because I don't know how much longer it's going to be. So I just kind of went back to sleep. Yeah, it was well past your bedtime anyway, wasn't it? Really. Um, yeah. Let's start at the uh, at the beginning because so much has happened since the last time we got together. I mean, Marco was meant to be going to Riyadh. Uh, Mitrovic was already counting his Saudi millions, and you know we were pretty much relegated as a result. And hey, presto! You shouldn't believe everything you read in the press because. I wouldn't necessarily say that Mitro's happy to still be here, but he looked a bit happier um, last night than he did, or this morning our time, than he did on uh, on Sunday. Um, and we won't read anything into that. Um, Marco, on the other hand, has defiantly rejected the Saudi billions and appears set to stay. Um, and we played Brentford in the uh, first match, and I've just done it, so that's a £10 fine for me. Um, we played uh, the noisy neighbours from Hounslow and we beat them uh, Oscar I know you you followed that match you were able that was a better time you were able to follow that one I'm not sure you'd even gone to to Serbia at that point you may have done but you did follow that match yeah yeah I was there always good to uh, upset those those Hounslow boys who've become a bit uh, well they buzz a bit too loudly for my liking in the last sort of five years or so um, give us your thoughts on on that match. It started pretty well with a lovely goal from Harry Wilson. Yeah, I think Harry Wilson, to be honest, that entire game was actually excellent. And uh, we've seen it since he's come back from injury. You know, every game he's looked better and better and better. And I genuinely think this could be his season. This this season could be his real... I mean, he's been excellent for us, especially when we're in the Championship. But this could be his real breakthrough season in the Prem, which which I think is great. Uh, in that game, to be honest, what I've noticed in that game, and to be honest, I'll talk. We'll talk about Aston Villa a bit later. But in both games, I kind of noticed a trend which was attacking. We looked excellent. We always looked organised, whether it was through Deckard over Reed or sometimes Willian if he was on the pitch, or Vinicius, who had, who I was really, as everyone knows, really really critical at the start of when he first came. When he, you know, when Mitrovic was injured and he started filling in, I think a lot of people critical of him then. But his technical ability is really sort of shown through, especially in the later games of the Prem. And yeah, you can always humble pie on Carlito, uh, Oscar. I'll order you a nice slice. It'll get to Serbia. Don't worry. <laughs> um, let's just drill down on a couple of those things. We'll ignore Harry's haircuts and his styling <laughs> decision because, I mean, there are very few men. Well, there are very few men who can pull that off, and I hesitate to. Uh, criticise anybody for their choices, but it looks shocking. Maybe that was the reason the um the Brentford goalkeeper, he seems to be in these two games, giving a tribute to David Raya. Um 
he was well beaten by that stunning strike from Harry Wilson. And Bobby Decker Reed, who you referenced, he's, Bobby Decker Reed scored a great goal. Um, cutting in from the left, little low shot that perhaps the keeper should have done a bit better with. That was lovely. And as you say, the third goal, really good assist from uh, from from Harry Wilson. So three really nice goals well put together, weren't they? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think I think uh, it's partly, you know, uh, Silver's tactical magic that's, you know, got us those three goals because the build-up play for all of them was absolutely excellent. And I was, yeah, particularly Wilson's goal, it was absolutely amazing from so far out, was, especially in the first minutes of the game. It, it was actually shocking. So, yeah, really, really happy with that result. Yeah, very good from Reedy to shovel it on. Um, yeah. I have to talk about what I thought the first goal uh, that Fulham conceded very poor from a set play, very unlike a silver side. Whistler tapping it in from on the goal line. Um, and perhaps the most concerning thing of the whole game was that shoulder injury to Jao Palinha, who started at centre-back. I know Roberto Martinez has done this for Belgium, but we've seen that we've got a couple of promising young centre-backs. Was it really necessary to play Jao? You saw how... Um, Marco and Luis Barmorte looked at each other um, on the on, on the bench as if dropped oh, <laughs> a bit of a clanger here. I mean, was it really necessary to play Jao at centre back? Uh, I wouldn't say it was necessary, but at the same time, at the moment, I think we, we, we're about to sign Bassett. It's almost we know he's, he's we've got. I think the medical. Don't say things like that because then it won't happen. Oh, it, um, the media are reporting. Thank that you. it is, yeah, thank you, thank you, yeah, no problem. The media are reporting that it is, um, that it is imminent. Where, whether it is or it isn't, we will see. But at the time of speaking, we do not really have many options in terms of backup. So you could be looking at, you know, if in a, if in an absolute emergency, could uh, Polina play centre back? Although I think if that happens, things are pretty dire. Uh, it wasn't necessary to play him, but playing there but I think also it was partly to make space for Lukic to see what he was like and uh, obviously you want Polina to play maybe for whatever reason so he's stuck in the centre-back because he can play there as well for, uh, you know yeah I think we just all be holding our breath every time he falls down and hits his shoulder but the word is that it's not quite as serious as uh, people have feared and Polina himself seemingly telling the fans uh, and indeed uh, Raul Jimenez that uh uh, he might, may well be ready for Everton, which would be a right touch. Um, and let's move on to the first senior summer signing, which is Raul Jimenez for £5.5 million from Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, a, the 32-year-old who obviously had that horrible head injury um, against uh, Arsenal, David Luiz using some of the dark arts he picked up on the blue side of SW6. It really should have been a red card, as it should be for anyone associated with those Muppets. Um, I'm really excited about Raul Jimenez, and I'll say something in a minute. What do you reckon to this, Oscar? Good signing? Or what, what, what are your thoughts? I think it's a great signing for the price tag, and I think definitely Silver can work his magic with him. But at the same time... There are other people who we've been linked to who are much, who I'd be much more excited about because I think he's he's pretty old. I'm not saying he can't play. We have old players, but that's <laughs> the point. That's the point. We have a lot of old players, and I think it's time we actually sign some youth instead of 
not not instead of has beens, but instead of people who are necessarily who could be slightly past their peak, who we then revive. I think it's time we actually sign someone who we can properly develop. That's well, the, not yeah. indifferent to that um, argument, but I think sometimes players appear on the market um, and they're available, and you take a you take a punt, and and this is one of the, I, I don't even think this is much of a gamble because. Uh, Raul knows where the goal is. He's scored 30 goals in 100 games for Mexico. He's won the... I uh, watched him win the um, Olympic gold medal at Wembley in, in 2012. He's scored pretty much everywhere he's been. Club America, um, Benfica, the exception being a, a horrible season at Atleti when he was supposed to replace Diego Costa and it didn't quite work. Um and then when he went to Wolves, uh, statistically, he was the best number nine in Europe in that first 18 months at Wolves. Um, and then we know what happened. And obviously, he wasn't a Lobotegi favourite, so he drifted out of um, favour. Uh, I, I just think this is one. It's, cl- it's clearly not a replacement, direct replacement for Mitch although he could well be about as good a direct replacement for our... Um, ball and Serbian hero uh, as there is uh, and most importantly of all he can take a very good penalty which is something we've been missing so I'm quite excited about Raul Jimenez um, and it was nice to see him fly out immediately and get introduced before last night's match against Aston Villa which as we mentioned was afflicted by lightning strikes in Orlando Um and it was clear from the lineup and then from the substitutions that both sides were going to make. There's a, a Silver said the difference was clear. Uh, Villa were able to empty their bench and bring on Musa Diaby, their big money signing up front, and he caught, scored the crucial second goal. Um, but there were some promising performances from a lot of young players. It just shows that Marco's hankering for new signings is not. Um, misguided. What did you make of this fixture? You, you did catch up on uh, on most of it uh, once you'd woken up, I, I believe, Oscar. Yeah, I did. Uh, so there are a few things I actually have in mind to say about this fixture. The first thing is, I think we were a bit unlucky with the scoreline. I don't think it necessarily reflects how many chances we got. Uh, because there were some really good chances for people like Carlos Finishes who got a bit unlucky with the header. Um. So that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing is about a specific player, Mbabu. And don't worry, I'm not going to rip into him. I'm not, I'm not just going to sit here insulting him. I'm going to say a positive thing about him. And that positive thing is that his crossing is generally quite good. And I think that's been a running theme throughout his time at Fulham. You know, everyone just thinks about that Brentford uh, cross to Mitrovic last season. But his defending leaves a lot to be desired. You know, he made mistakes against Villa. He made mistakes against Brentford. It's a reoccurring pattern we've seen, and so far Silva and the and the backroom team haven't managed to fix that. So if he's going to be anywhere near our prem, our prem, you know, when it comes to the actual prem on the bench or let alone on starting eleven, he needs to up that a lot, up his defensive ability and up his awareness because a lot of the time he's switched off and isn't marking his man. So I think that's a big that's a big problem, which which does need to be solved. I don't, I don't think it was disastrous, but at the same time. Defensively, I'm a bit concerned because we were caught out a couple times, both goals, you know, 
And I think that's something that needs to be strengthened, hence the um, particular focus in this transfer window, or the lot of links we've had to have been to defensive midfielders or centre-backs, such as Bassi or Salisu or Andre. You know, all of these people are sort of defensive players, so I think that's part of the reason why. But yeah, I think I'm, I'm a bit concerned about the defensive situation, but again, attacking, we were good and we were organised, which I think is a really positive sign. And I think with those reinforcements, which we should be getting before... Everton, we we should be in a good position. Yeah, and I would just come back. I mean, and, and Babu was playing on the wrong side, and he he was better um, last night than when he was drafted into that position at Tottenham. Um, I think last September, when he looked like a fish out of water. Um, some really encouraging displays across both games from uh, some of Fulham's sort of next generation of youngsters, Luke de Fogarelles. Um, with some uh, excellent. You slaughtered that. <laughs> I did. I did. Do you want to try, do you want to correct it for me? Go on. Oh, oh, I'm not expert, but I think. Oh, right. what I heard. Oh, yeah. I think a commentator said it. Uh, de Fougerol. No, they did say de but I'm aware that uh, Luke, as I'm going to call him, um, until I master the pronunciation, is actually a, a local boy from Southwest London, and it's his uh, parents. Uh, who are uh, one of them at least from Quebec? So Luke um, had an excellent little cameo in the first game, and what I liked was the mentality. He did get caught um, for the penalty, trying to cover Kenny Tete, and he just wasn't quick enough. But he put that behind him. He's not really a centre back. He can play there. He can play right side. He can play left side. He can play in midfield. He's good with both feet, and you know. The crushing disappointment of conceding a penalty that Super Burnt Leno saved. His first penalty save, I think, um, since coming to the club it was a great save, too. Um, Luke put that behind him and a really composed performance. A word, too, for Matt Dibley Dias, um, who looked really good in central midfield, progressed the ball really well, um, affected things. And there are a couple of other. Gems, you know, I'm really waiting for Godo, Marshall Godo, that is, to show some of his um, skills. He's really come on since joining from from Margate. Um, it's just, it, it is a bit early for some of these youngsters to be relied upon in the heat of the Premier League, which I think is why Marco um, uh, carries a sort of world-weary expression on the touchline a little bit. Let's um, shift it on then to what you... Um, were talking about a little bit earlier. I, I don't really know what's going on in the in the transfer market um, anymore. Let's just clear up the uh, Marco Silva to Al Halal, Al Ali, Al anything else um, at this point. Um, the media went into overdrive, and indeed Martin Samuel in the Sunday Times basically blasted Marco Silva for his. Um, brazen act of disloyalty whilst praising Jordan Henderson at the same time. I mean, I'm not sure how you, how you can uh, can work that out. But um, they tried to make him go to rehab, Riyadh, uh, Oscar, and Marco said, no, no, no. Uh, pretty good, don't you think, that Marco Silva's committed to another year at um, Craven Cottage and hopefully when the signings come in, much more... Beyond that, you, it, it is pleasing that that he's not going to take the uh, sports washing cash, isn't it? 
I mean, yeah, it's really pleasing. As you, I shouldn't use the exact words you use, but um, I'm really happy that he's staying for another year. The, and obviously it's great to have him for as long as we can keep him. My one note of concern is I saw a few people on Twitter saying that he's like, he's only just going to fulfill his contract and he's not going to sign. He's not going to sign another contract. So I want to say what, what are you I actually want to ask? What are your thoughts on that? Is that, is that something you see as likely or, or could he, if he gets the backing he needs or he wants, will, um, will he stay? Will he stay for a longer, more long term? Well, let's be clear. I'm not Marco Silva. And if Sky Sports News are listening, I'm not one of his relatives either. Um, <laughs> So I don't have any insight on the nature of the discussions between uh, the head coach and the Fulham hierarchy, but the fact that they've been so close to each other in this last week um, has allowed, I think, for for a few more face-to-face discussions. And we know it's easier to talk face-to-face than than uh, on Zoom or, or or remotely or even on the telephone after what we've all been through um, over the last few years. Look, I understand, uh, first of all, we we shouldn't take much that's posted on Twitter with a great deal of seriousness. The last couple of weeks has shown that anyone can set themselves up as a transfer authority on Twitter, get a few, buy a few thousand followers. Thank you, Elon. Uh, a nice blue tick, and and suddenly we're off to the races. Um, uh, I'm quite confident that Marco believes in in the project. He wanted to come to Fulham. Let's remember he took the job in the Championship, and Fulham. Coast, you know, really put together one of the greatest seasons in the club's history. Um, and then he, if he, if it's possible to better that, he did by getting us to 10th. And if we'd had a better run of the green, you know, Europe was not out of the question. And I think he's attracted by proving the English media wrong and taking Fulham on, um, which might explain some of his exasperation. I think he is waiting to see what he gets given um, because he's been a good boy, does he get some presents? Um, we'll see. We'll see what, what arrives. Although I'm not sure how Santa Claus is going to going to get here in time in in that in that scenario. Uh, let's see. Um, but I, I I believe, and maybe I'm naive because you know I thought Mitrovic loved Fulham as much as I did, um, and clearly he didn't. Um, so maybe we'll squeeze that one in. I'm fairly cheery about about Marco because where's he going to go? He's turned down Premier League clubs last season. He said that. He's been quite clear that his commitment to Fulham Football Club is total. Um, And I believe him. So more for me. Um, Let's talk then in the the limited time that we have remaining about where we need to strengthen. And clearly the first order of business is centre-back. We seem to be in for... A whole host of centre backs. You reference them and can go through them. Uh, we're probably going to need at least two. Although Monaco's pursuit of Tosin Adarabio has got off to a very slow start. They've offered five million euros. I mean, what do you think we should tell them to do with their five million euros, Oscar? Surely, stick it somewhere. Oh uh, yeah, stick it somewhere. <laughs> la la, deeply unpleasant. I would, uh, I would suggest. Surely the Monaco Playboys have got a bit more money than that. No, yeah, I mean they must. I don't know what they're doing with that. It's such a such a stupid bid, frankly. Yeah, so I mean, show us the money, and I think we'd be looking for ten million. Look, if if uh, if the sanctioned mob up the road are looking for ten million for uh, Callum Hudson and Adoy, then Tosin's got to be in a similar bracket. Um, 
and we shall see. It seems from the from rather frenzied reporting since we've been recording that uh, Tosin is ready to turn his nose up at Tottenham. Um, he goes up in my estimation for that, if, if that's true. But I hope we're able to persuade him that, you know, he'd be a silly boy to walk out on Fulham just as we're getting things together. Um, the other centre-backs, Oscar, Salisu, uh, Bassi, Morato, uh, I've missed one. Uh, there, there are there there are others in the in the uh, ether. Um, what do you think? We're clearly looking for a left-sided centre back. We're clearly looking for more than one. Bassi seems as though he's going to undergo the dreaded Fulham medical imminently, as you said. Would you be happy with Bassi and Salisu? What about your boy Pavlovich? Where's he gone? Yeah, I mean, so I think personally. From what I know of these players, I prefer Salisu over Bassi, as I think. Tell me why. Tell me why. Bassi did not have a great season at Ajax, and I know it's tough. Nobody had a great season at Ajax, mate. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But Bassi didn't have a good season. Salisu had an okay season. He had a better season, and I feel like Salisu has a higher ceiling, and I feel like Silva could do more with him, but at the same time, I, I, I'm I'm thinking but I'm thinking that behind the scenes it's it might be Silver who's calling these transfers. So if if I'm correct in saying that and Silver wants Bassi over Salisu, I one hundred percent support that and I will always trust what Marco Silver wants over what I want. Well and I would in too terms... well, I would too, let's be clear. But put your hands yeah. together. How about both of them? Well yeah, but I, I, I would want both of them, but at the same time I saw and I know I shouldn't trust people on Twitter. Uh, but they've, a lot of people are saying it's one or the other. Point for the idea that it's one or the other. I think it was our friends at Sky Sports News, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> they've been getting a few things wrong. Um, so Maybe it's the same source they used to get Mitro's text. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think it was some tomato sauce rather than an actual source for that one, personally. Um, Bassi is an interesting one because he can play left back. And he may not... Um, I've had a great season at Ajax, but he wasn't shocking. Um, he did really well for Rangers. And he's one of those ones where it's another opportunity. It fills two positions. And as we saw last night, we do need some cover for Anthony Robinson desperately. Um, given that uh, Fode Balo Torre has seemingly turned us down, although we're going back in for a bit um, with, with a bigger offer. If you believe the reporting... Um, out of Italy, we're still also in for Morato. Um, so, so we'll see. But you know, I'm not underwhelmed um, by that at all. Uh, let's have a little look further up the field, um, or, or throw it over to you. We've got quite a bit of um, squad filling to do. What other positions are you are you concerned about, mate? I think we need a backup for Polina because currently we don't really have one because uh, Lukic is an excellent midfielder as we saw against Aston Villa. He was definitely my man of the match there. Just just a quick side note. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna miss uh, miss an opportunity to dap out my boy Lukic. So uh, yeah, I think we do need. But we some need to see a there. bit more from from Sasha this season, and I don't think a ball. He's already be... proven his value to me. Well, I know he's proven his value to you. He did that when he was born. But exactly um, out of his nationality, but yeah. um, I, I don't see him uh, seriously. 
I don't see him as a ball winner. He's more of an artistic, you know, roaming playmaker. He's even played in the 10. Um, I, I, I see him as more of an eight if we're, if we're going to that. Why can't we? So we do need backup for um, Jao. I, I see we're, um, we're, we're meant to be looking at some, some uh, South American um, players, but nothing. Andre, right? Well, Andre is one of them. And also uh, Fausto. Um and a couple of others. I mean, who knows? Because some of these, like Raul Jimenez, they may just appear out of the ether. I thought what was very interesting about that was in the club interview, he said, oh, it came in the last three or four days. But I talked to Marco Silva last week. I mean, so anyone who thinks that Marco Silva is A, um, looking around for a new job, and B, not heavily involved in the transfer uh, uh, conversation should... Um, should watch that interview on the uh, Fulham YouTube channel and FFC TV with with, uh, with Raul. Um, so we want a... Uh, but in the meantime, you should just put Reid back to the ball-winning position that he played um, under the previous management. And, and then you'll have a bit more um, freedom with maybe Lukic uh, in, in that deeper role. Um, where else are we looking at? Um Probably need a, another midfielder as well if we're being picky because there's not a lot of cover for for much of the central midfield unless we're going to tra- tra- really trust in the young players. And I think it's a bit early to be doing that, isn't it? Yeah, I think particularly because as far as Premier League academies go, our academy is good, don't get me wrong. Do not, do not get me wrong there. But as far as, prem- as some other Premier League academies go, we haven't necessarily always produced the same calibre of player, especially earlier on in their careers. So while I really like the look of this generation, I think it's important that we invest in actual first-team players now from other sides, you know, people like Andre, young players, but players who could easily establish themselves in our first team, or at least on the bench, rather than relying yeah. on our youth just yet. I don't disagree, but the trouble with Andre is Fluminense won't let him go until January, seemingly. Um because their their uh, you know Copa Copa Libertadores um, campaign will extend into the new year, and you know if you're shelling out big money, and it would be big money for him. Don't get me wrong; he's a great player, and the sort of the the central midfield of Andre and Pellini would have Premier League midfielders retiring, I think, rather than face. Um, yeah. I, that's the stumbling block with that one. Remember, we've got some um, Reem and Pereira who are quite close to to being being fit, as I understand it. Um, you might need some cover for Harry Wilson or William. You mentioned how well um, they've done. William looks good, doesn't he? He looked really good last night again. I mean, it's so good to have him back in the black and white, isn't it? Yeah, he's so classy. I mean, to be honest. He brings something else to the team that no one else can bring. He brings a touch of that um, that world class player that he has, especially you know from when he was at like Chelsea. Oh, sorry, 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 I said it again. Yeah, it's all that right. Lot down the road. Go to uh, add it to the tab. Yeah, because you've still got some debt. Yeah, yeah. Let's let the list. How much is it now? You're on the well. I, you know, you're <laughs> up to about three hundred euros before the end of the season. So goodness knows where we are now. I mean, the listeners will need to know that. Um, I, I will need to take some disciplinary action against a number of uh, regulars on this podcast because a some of them have left me on red, Oscar, which you know is not a um, not a new experience for me. Um, 
but you know it hurts every time just a little bit more um some of them uh haven't paid their fines and you know i'm not prepared to to allow this we 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 have to be uh we're, we're a team we're a collective and uh, there's no I in team. That's all I'll say about that. Talk to me about Callum Hudson Adoy. Would you take him for ten million? Absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. At that price tag, I know he's fallen down the pecking order a bit, but he's a young. Uh, I think he's got a really high ceiling. He's young. He's not going to be super expensive, and I genuinely think he'd be a great bargain. And I'm not usually, I'm not usually a big fan of English players generally because they're so overhyped because they're English. <laughs> And they play for the English team, and this is the English league. Uh, you know, most of them are actually kind of mid. I can't lie, but um, yeah, I'm, I would be really excited to get him. I, I, yeah, I'm going to be honest there, and despite the fact he's from um, my most t- well, my second most hated club. Well, after I would hundred uh, percent take him after yeah after uh, the after Red Star Belgrade, surely. Yeah, after Red Star Belgrade. Yeah, we may even uh, get into that at some point because they had a very good result. In, in 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 Europe, I really no, would, they didn't. I really, they didn't. I really would like to explore um, how it was. No. You ca- you became a became a Fulham fan and <laughs> give the listeners a little bit more of that um, Serbian culture because it's quite exciting. But that will have to wait for a, for another podcast, mate. Because I've got a couple of things um, to rattle through. We mentioned the academy. Um, the academy have been in Portugal and they've been busy. Uh, and they've also got a new under-21 head coach for this season. Hayden Mullins has joined the football club. He goes straight in to be the under-21 head coach. Steve Wigley has resumed his role as technical director um, of the academy. And I would just say, you know, it wasn't that long ago that Fulham weren't producing many players at all. The work of Hugh Jennings, Malcolm Elias, um, Alistair McIntosh, Steve Wigley in producing a a category one academy from scratch is is sensational and we're seeing um some of those young players stepping on to the field and and not looking out of place is is brilliant even if we are um in friendly action and i would urge people to go down and support the under 21s when their campaign gets underway it's at mossberg park most of their home matches um and they they do put on a good show uh speaking of mossberg park um, Fulham's women uh, have another pre-season friendly uh, this weekend at Mottsburg Park. They're slowly building up to their uh, new uh, season as well under Steve Jay. They play the London Bees, uh, and that's not the Bees of the Hounslow variety. Sunday the 30th of July, National League opposition Um and they are free because the game is taking place. Tickets are free on the Mossberg Park Astro turf uh, from 2.30 on Sunday. Do get along to support the women if you can. Um, and just on that, uh, with the Women's World Cup uh, in full swing uh, down under and in New Zealand, um, you can buy a Fulham FC women's season ticket. Mary Southgate will shoot me if I don't mention it on this podcast. Uh, £40 is exceptional value, just £5 for juniors. Um, it's a great It's great to have the Fulham FC women um, back uh, in the club structure again. And on that point, there's a wonderful article from Rachel Yankee in tonight's Evening Standard. And you know I don't praise the Evening Standard 
uh, very often, Oscar. So um, do do grab a copy of that um, if you can. I want to finish by saying that today is the 19th anniversary of when Chris Coleman pulled off one of the greatest transfers in Fulham's history, persuading Papa Booba Diop to sign for the Whites, reject Portsmouth um, from Long. And we all know what a legend Papa Booba Diop became at Fulham Football Club. And obviously uh, some very memorable goals, including in an SW6 derby that didn't quite go to plan thereafter. That was his first goal including on my birthday, uh, Manchester United, um, rattling one in the Hammersmith end net and then running all the way towards the Putney end and really annoying Sir Alex Ferguson, which is always good. Um, He was a wonderful guy, a gentle soul. And of course, he etched his name in Senegalese folklore by scoring the goal that beat the world champions, the then world champions France in the 2002 uh, World Cup in the opening game. Um, he's very sorely missed because he passed away uh, sadly during the uh, during the pandemic. And Fulham won at Leicester City the night after. And I'll always remember Adam Mola Lookman and the uh, the Fulham uh, players holding up that Senegalese shirt in tribute to Papa Bubadil, affectionately known as the Wardrobe. We miss him dearly. We send our best wishes again to U.R. Edwin Bandasar and Sergio Rico, who are recovering from quite horrendous um, uh, personal injuries and, and doing really well, our two goalkeepers. Our best wishes to them and to everyone who listens to this podcast because I really don't know why you do it. Um, but Oscar and I are very grateful that we're... Our views on Fulham are taken somewhat seriously, Oscar, shall we say. Um, I hope you uh, you enjoy the rest of your time in... Uh, in where was it? Tell me again. Ujita. Yeah, there's no chance I'm, I'm pronouncing that. <laughs> Absolutely none. So from our Serbian correspondent, Oscar Blueman from... Me, Dan Crawford. Thanks very much for listening to this special edition of the Green Pole uh, podcast. We hope to be back with a roundup of the SW6 derby. We're quite good at SW6 derbies lately. I'm feeling optimistic about that. Join us um, in a couple of days' time for for another Fulham roundup. And thank you. Do get in touch uh, on the socials, uh, on the hashtag, in the comments, uh, or over email if you want to, um, and suggest things that we can talk about. Because, boy... Uh, We need to liven this up a little bit. But for now, come on, you whites.